TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the wholesome box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, lovely listeners. Thanks so much for tuning into Wellness Women Radio this week. You're here with your host, Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are talking this week about uh, B12 deficiency, so vitamin B12 and what that means for your health. Um, we haven't had any questions this week, have we? So we're not doing an in the spotlight because we haven't had anyone write oh. in for any, you know, updates or insights that they wanted to know from us. So I think we'll just dive straight into this one. Yeah, oh, that's terrible. I we I don't think we've done it in the spotlight for a little while. We'll have to get back on that bandwagon. Uh, we'll <laughs> we talk will. a little bit more about that at the end. That's for sure. Cool. So, look, today we're going to talk about uh, vitamin B twelve deficiency and just how important it is for your health and well being. Now, this is something that is uh, literature suggesting it's far more underdiagnosed than it should be. Um, a lot more people are walking around with a B twelve deficiency than they realise, and because of this, we're looking at potentially. Uh, what they've got research suggesting 40% of Americans. So Australia generally follows a pretty close trend with uh, the US. So we, we generally mm. suggest that our statistics are in line closely enough with America most of the times, um, particularly we do with obesity and a lot of other health conditions too, cancer rates and things. So this is no different. Um, but basically 40% of Americans are demonstrating suboptimal levels of B12. So that's, you know, people who are tested, let alone people who are, you know, undiagnosed, which is phenomenal. So this is something that can be very serious. And of course, the implications for the neurological damage can actually be irreversible if not picked up soon enough. So this is a big deal. And interestingly, both of us being, you know, chiropractors, working in women's health and, uh, you know, a focus on the neurological 
potential of a human body. Um, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things I was thinking there, but let's just say neurological potential because we all have, you know, nerves, we all have a brain, we all have a nervous system, but how well they work uh, is in direct relationship to so many factors. You know, of course, we focus on the nervous system because we know that this is the expression point of our entire existence. But a B12 deficiency can directly impact our nervous system and, of course, therefore, everything else and everything we are. So I think, you know, we're going to run through today a couple of the key things to look for, you know, some of the signs and symptoms that can give you a clue that there may be a B12 deficiency, um, some of the ways in which we can deal with that deficiency through natural health solutions, have a chat about why there's so many people talking about B12 injections, um, some of the benefits mm. and some of the you know drawbacks to that. And of course, there's some different stages of B12 deficiency to look into. So we'll talk about that and some testing and, and things like that. So this will give you a really good rundown on all things B12 today. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what B12 does in the body first so that you can actually see why it is so important, yes. um, but also why there is this, um, uh, there's an epidemic of B12 deficiency. Um, so like what Ash said, there's about 40% of the population are estimated to be deficient in this, but it's much higher, obviously, in vegans and vegetarians. And the reason being is because B12 is only available or bioavailable um, from animal products. And we'll go into that a little bit more later. Um, and this is why, you know, certain types of supplementation or swapping um, out some of these macros is essential. Um, so B12 is essential for your nerve cell function. So it's also really important for the myelin sheath that surrounds the nerve as well. So think of it like the conductor or um, the the protective sheath that helps with the conduction of those messages along those nerve pathways. B12 is also essential for energy production, for our red blood cells, for DNA synthesis, but also um, really important for the female reproductive system um, and for pregnancy as well. Super duper important. So when we have a B12 deficiency, there's certain symptoms that you might see and it's anywhere along the spectrum of, you know, mild symptoms that you could associate with a whole bunch of different things that might be related to, you know, minor, um, you know, nutrient deficiencies and those sorts of things, but all the way up to very serious disorders. So commonly when in the early stages of B12 deficiency, you might see things like, you know, fatigue, weakness, you might get a bit of dizziness, there might be mood changes, um, you might get a bit of brain fog and those sorts of things. But you can also, um, some people, uh, when they go further down that spectrum of that deficiency, they might also become jaundice, become quite pale. They might be getting mouth ulcers. There might be vision changes, certainly cognitive decline, um, but uh, neurological symptoms, which will come up as well, like things like pins and needles and sensation changes. And then the final stage of a B12 deficiency is actually uh, like a, a type of anemia. Um, and then the conditions that are related to a B12 deficiency, um, and this is, let me just state, this is not actually fringe science. So the, a B12 deficiency is actually, uh, you know, very well documented in every medical textbook, in every, you know, literature you can imagine. Um, and there has been links between, um, you know, that serious cognitive decline like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, you know, those sorts of things related to a B12 deficiency, as well as multiple sclerosis and other uh, neurological conditions, mental illness, cardiovascular disease 
disabilities, learning and developmental issues. Um, it has been shown as well with kids on the autism spectrum as well. Um, even autoimmune conditions, absolutely cancers and definitely uh, fertility as well for both men and women. Mm. And they started to pick up on this in the 1920s when they were trying to deal with, um, at the time, what was a pernicious anemia, which is a genetic variation in blood cell production. And they were feeding uh, these people with pernicious anemia and extreme symptoms with uh, organ meats, uh, specifically liver. And, that was and it showing, was raw too. <laughs> yeah, and they were showing improvements. And this is something that previously was a fatal condition. So mm-hmm. suddenly they were being able to, you know, increase longevity or survival for these people that would have otherwise died. And it became evident there was something in this organ meat that these people were not consuming or able to absorb or some form of thing. So since the 1920s, a lot has happened. What, 1920s? Can't believe it. We're nearly in 2020. This is so crazy. So, you know, like we're nearly talking 100 years now of research and development, and it's become more and more evident that this is a critical, critical um, mineral vitamin for the fact that the body requires it for so many functions. And in particular as well, like we're talking about female reproductive and fertility, the cognitive development of children and the developing the developing fetus, which I just think is, um, you know, me being someone who's really passionate about pregnancy and um, reproduction, that's something that just blew my brain to realise we could have a lot of little kids walking around um, showing signs of developmental and learning difficulties that are actually related to a B12 deficiency. So if, uh, yeah, this is why it's worth testing. And this is also why whenever women are trying to conceive, particularly if they are vegetarian or vegan, we always have very serious conversations about their dietary choices when they're trying to conceive because of the implications both for them but also the health of their offspring as well, which sometimes can be irreversible. Yeah, because it's genetically Um, damaged, um, you know, (laughs) so the framework the DNA passed through is uh, genetically unviable, which can also contribute to increased rates of miscarriage. Uh, And that's a, you know, really troubling problem for a lot of women. So, yeah, we're not here to jump on the bag wagon of, uh, you know, trying to convert your choices. You know, personal choice is an amazing thing, but there's certain times in life as a female that if you are making choices, you know, with your diet and you're choosing not to consume any animal products whatsoever, then there is a very good chance you are B12 deficient because I know that myself, it took seven years to hit deficiency signs. Um, This was all to do with, you know, being vegetarian. And interestingly, you know, for me, it was cognitive um, fogginess, signs of depression, feelings of anxiety that I hadn't previously had. And all of a sudden I was like, something's wrong, got some testing done. And, you know, the person who did the testing said, just, you know, (laughs) you got two choices feel like this or eat red meat and i was like oh <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> you know no, like it was, it was or... pretty black and white right <laughs> yeah definitely and you know what actually that's so interesting because that was my experience as well mm. um and it's just so interesting how your body gives you all of these signs and symptoms and we make these conscious choices and we own them and it becomes part of our identity <laughs> As well, like I knew for me, um, you know, being vegetarian and then being vegan was such a big part of who I was because I was so passionate and I was owning that decision so much. But then when my health declined so significantly and I had to make changes, uh, you know, it's a really big um, issue with the way you see yourself 
right? But we're not saying that if you are vegetarian or vegan that you have to change, um, you know, that that's absolutely not what we're saying. We're going to talk about some strategies of how to improve your B12 status in a little while. Um, I, it was funny. I was in practice on Saturday, actually, and I was adjusting one of my patients and it's someone I've been seeing for years. And I had this moment where I could not remember their name. And I am good with names, especially my patients. And it's not that I just couldn't remember. It's almost like I didn't have access in my brain to that information. And it it went for way too long. It wasn't just a momentary thing. It was a good minute before that name actually came back to me. And I went, oh my gosh, okay, I'm absolutely nutrient deficient. There's something going on here when my memory is that lapse right now. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. Isn't that uh, fascinating? And it just shows, you know, we've gone through, we've had a massive year. You've had a massive year, a massive 12 months, you know, lots of things going on. So there's heaps of things that can um, affect, well, in this case, B12 absorption. Um, It's very complex and there's lots of stages in, you know, the assimilation of B12. So there's any number of things that can go wrong, you know, even just stress, simple stress response can cause uh, B12 malabsorption. Mm -hmm. And so there's a couple of different things. So if you are thinking, well, I'm not vegan or vegetarian, so, you know, this doesn't matter, does because there's things like in you know in gut dysbiosis so we always talk about the gut the microbiome so intestinal dysbiosis is a contributor because of the way in which it affects um, absorption there's mm-hmm. things like leaky gut and gut inflammation uh, another big one is you know stomach acid regulation so as you age we we lower stomach acid so we become sort of hypochlorhydria which is you know a reduction in stomach acid and that can affect b12 production because we require the um uh what do you call it if uh, <laughs> uh, enzyme in the stomach <laughs> Uh, what, what are you thinking so, of? I, you know what? Intrinsic factor? Intrinsic factor. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, you I can often read your mind, but not always. <laughs> Classic, love it. So there's a seniors moment we warn about. Um, but I love it because it's like, you know, I've got the all the acronyms right. I'm like, hang on, IF, what does that actually stand for? You know, it's just a, just a biochemical acronym we use all the time. Uh, thank you for filling that in. So here together, two brains work well. Um, <laughs> if you're using medications like uh, <laughs> medication, Medications, uh, anything that suppresses acid. So, you know, if you've got gastroesophageal reflux, if you've got uh, heartburn, anytime you're using antacids or protein proton pump inhibitors, so PPIs, anything else that uh, suppresses acid, this can be a problem as well. Uh, high consumptions of alcohol, uh, unfortunately, as well. And was a couple of other medications, even metformin used in, uh, yeah, frequently women who have PCOS will be prescribed metformin and it's obviously used for diabetes so wow quite a few different factors that could contribute to a b12 deficiency uh so you don't just have to be vegan or vegetarian to you know have this problem and i think it's important to understand that because often we think in modern day times why would anyone be specific vitamin deficient so just Mm. like scurvy is fairly which is you know a vitamin c deficiency is fairly non-existent these days we would think that you know, we are pretty well versed on all of these things. No one should really have a true nutrient deficiency. But the reality of the situation is that so many people, so like what we said before, 40% of the population is B12 deficient. And it is because of a whole bunch of these things. And how many people do we know who have, you know, leaky gut or, or dysbiosis? Mm, absolutely. Right? It's, it's almost every second patient. Um, and particularly if there's other chronic gut issues or autoimmune conditions. So yes. like, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, um, SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, 
any of those sorts of things is obviously going to be inhibiting um, or affecting nutrient absorption. So it may not be that you've got a really good quality diet um, and maybe you are paleo, maybe you're consuming, you know, even organ meats, but still are deficient because maybe some of the underlying absorption and then ways that your body is actually transferring the use of that um, and, and creating that bioavailability through those pathways is actually being impaired. Mm, absolutely. And I think this is, there's a commonly, you know, discussions, and I know that I've had a few people who are vegan try and justify um, that choice and say, no, they, they look after it. They're making sure they get dietary, you know, intakes. The reality is there is no plant source of vitamin B12. And so this is just- the only this is the only vitamin that we cannot get from plants. Yes, and that's I think that's really hard sometimes because I know people tell me, oh, but they're t- you know dark leafy greens and seaweed, and you know there's a lot of discussion about whether ocean based foods um, can mm-hmm. can create that. So obviously they're going to go towards things like seaweed um, and spirulina. You know, discussion about brewer's yeast as well, and they say, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm having all these things. The reality is you cannot get B12 from plants. So let's just clear that up once and for all. We're going to say that uh, outright. So, you know, don't be offended. It's just the the science of it. Um, But the key there is, yeah, the key there is to understand, okay, so you've got options, but they're not going to involve, you know, food-based sources of B12 unless you're willing to change the diet. And the reason being, and I know that a lot of people are going to get defensive about that, and I I absolutely understand, Um, and it is because there's so much um, effective marketing around you know, those things, um, you know, like the brewer's yeast or the, um, you know, the seaweed and everything else where you think that you'll be getting those B12 levels from and everyone's saying, oh, you know, great source of B12 from, you know, spirulina and supplementation. But remember, these are from companies that are trying to sell a product, Mm. right? Um, So the marketing around that is really clever. But the reality is that those plant-based sources of B12 have a structure that is similar to B12, but not completely like what it is in animal products and then it actually blocks the proper absorption of b12 so it's it's similar but different and because of that it's actually blocking those pathways so it's actually making people more b12 deficient and there's very conclusive um, evidence and research this is not just us saying it and we'll post this online so that you can um, you know upskill yourself in that but does not mean that you have to be eating animal products. It just means you've got to be aware of this and maybe you need to be supplementing too. Um, So let's talk about where you actually, you know, what the food-based versions of B12 are and where that comes from. Um, So so B12 is found or is made um, in the gut of animals, which is why it is only bioavailable from animal products, things like um, meat, fish, um, particular seafood like octopus um, and some of your shellfish like crab and lobster, very high in your organ meats, particularly liver is the most bioavailable version of that, um, and uh, red meat and eggs as well. Ash, is there anything I'm forgetting? Mm, that's a pretty well-rounded uh, group there. I think that covers it because, you know, we know that it's um, if it's an animal product, you really need to find clean sources. And now a big, big pusher for the, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished, clean-raised, organic, because obviously anytime we're having anything that's not healthy, so, you know, unhealthy animals means unhealthy humans. So, you know, make sure you, you check your sources and do 
pay a little bit more for organic sources, it is worth it. You know, there's plenty of evidence to show, particularly for things like organ meats, if you're, you know, eating farmed animals that are not raised in a way that's uh, conducive to, you know, health of the animal, it's not conducive to health of the person eating it. And livers, of course, are stores for toxicity. So be very mindful if you're going to eat organ meats, you really need to uh, check your source. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. I think it'd probably be remiss of us to not talk about the testing of B12 Mm. um, and why it's so commonly missed. And just like, you know, reference ranges for a lot of things in mainstream medicine might not mean um, that these ranges are optimal. This is absolutely true for B12 as well, but also the, the normal serum B12 testing is completely inaccurate. So, it may not actually show up with a deficiency in B12 until it's, you know, years and years later. Like with you, Ash, it didn't show up for seven years mm. until that was actually detectable um, via, you know, bloods. And part of the issue with underdiagnosis is is poor testing is one thing, but also it's not routinely tested, which it absolutely should be. Um, and the low end of the reference ranges are absolutely way too low, particularly in Australia and the US. In Europe um, and in some Asian countries, they have much higher reference ranges, um, which I think we should be following as well. And that's certainly the ranges that I look at in practice too. Um, But the the normal serum test for B12, I think is really inaccurate. I prefer to look at something called HoloTC or HoloTranscobalamin, which is much more accurate way of looking at it. And in Australia, that's absolutely covered by Medicare. It's a really easy test to do. It's all just bloods. You can do serum and hollow TC at the same time. um, And no one should poo-poo that because it is actually really the most um, evidence-based way of looking at B12. It is. And look, if someone is, uh, you know, going to a doctor and they've only had serum testing, the thing you need to note there is that usually you don't find a rapid or major decline in the B12 until there's a deficiency. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of at the final stage deficiency by the time you have serum full, which means that there's got to be other ways. And this is why you talked about the hollow TC test. And there's also something called a urinary MMA test. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's interesting because not MMA as in martial arts, that (laughs) (laughs) mixed martial arts, kick ass, uh, kickboxing. (laughs) No, urinary MMA and homocysteine. So these, um, again, they're tests that are relevant and they are helpful in the diagnosis and detection. Um, Those ones, again, can happen mid to late stage. So again, most sensitive indicator for that test Testing is hollow TC, and that's the, that's the science at the moment. Yeah, and that's probably the easiest way to look at it as well. There's other more extensive things you can be doing. So you can be doing, like we mentioned, the hollow TC, the MMA. You can also be looking at homocysteine levels too. But just even if all they do is a hollow TC, that's a really good start. Hmm. Uh, so I think that that's uh, that that's pretty accurate. Um, what else do we need to talk about in terms of B12? Oh, okay. So if you're not willing to eat red meat, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Well, I think this is where most people have heard about uh, the injections. So I know a lot of uh, vegans that I have worked with that would mm-hmm. be aware of their B12 deficiencies, they have gone straight for the B12 injections. Um, that is not the only way. So there's a couple of different options you've got there, but that's obviously the fastest and quickest way. And I think, you know, most exclusively doctors will recommend a B12 injection. And, you know, for some people it's it's completely unavoidable, um, particularly if you are at one of those end stages of um, B12 deficiency, if you are already becoming anemic, 
um, from that. Or if you are getting like that, those neurological symptoms, then I would certainly suggest having a B12 injection. I think that that's some, um, you know, a really, really good um, idea. Um, the, you know, with everything, um, there can be risks and benefits to all of it. Um, some people do have issues with absorbing the B12 via injection. Um, just remember that if, you know, you don't deal with the underlying issues like the dysbiosis, like, you know, maybe some of those other gut issues or, um, it, you know, leaky gut and, and the other things that we mentioned before, then your actual absorbability of that B12 might be diminished which may be why everyone has to go back and, you know, have it done again. Or if you are on those chronic medications, like what Ash mentioned with your PPIs um, or, you know, any of your antacids, metformin, uh, the oral contraceptive pill, metformin, um, I think I said metformin twice, um, or antibiotics, then that can absolutely interfere with the uh, absorption of that as well. Yeah. And look, there's other d different ways. You can have oral doses, there's nasal doses. So, you know, if an injection doesn't sound like a great thing for you, there is potential to ingest it in other ways. Um, there's certainly supplementation that can be bought for this and these B12 supplements. Uh, there's a different, Is you know, when I was sort of doing the background on this, I remember thinking, oh, this is so much like, you know, magnesium. There's so many different, you know, yes, ways exactly. in which it's been produced. Some of them are more effective than others. Well, it's the same for this particular B12 vitamin. It mm -hmm. is a water-soluble vitamin, which means that you basically can't overdose on it. It's not like things like vitamin A, which are fat-soluble, and therefore, you know, there's there's strict rules around how much someone can consume. Um, yes. The good thing is with this, if you have enough or you can't absorb more, you won't take it on board, it'll be released and removed from the body. So the different B12 vitamins out there, you do have to look around. Um, there is some studies showing that, so the different variations here, there's hydroxo. Um, so this is the mm -hmm. one that they tend to use in Europe. I think I was reading about that and I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Why different parts of the world use different ones? I'm not sure. I wonder if there's genetic components to why they're more effective in certain regions. Because you know, we're talking I'd about just be popularity as well. Popularity too, yeah. And so, and then there's another one uh, that's methyl cobalamin, which is considered superior. So, you know, this is particularly used for if there's any neurological signs. So, if you're not sure and you're wondering why there's only an injection and you don't think an injection is right for you, just remember there's other forms of supplementation too. So, it's all about information. Yeah, and the methyl co oh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna my words are gonna um yeah the methyl copobalamin um is the what we use in practice. Um and it's, it tends to be really well tolerated um and it tends to um be absorbed better um and kind of bypass some of those issues with absorbability of that too. Um but there's also uh like spray versions that like you said, Ash, you can use nasally or sublingually too. Yes. So yeah. Plenty of different options, um, but with all types of supplementation, you do get what you pay for. Uh, so, you know, I would certainly recommend using something that is practitioner prescription only because you know you're going to be getting the right dosage and the right type. Cool. I love it. And look, if there's any vegetarian um, breastfeeding mums out there as well, just remember your baby's not getting enough B12. So it is important to uh, understand this and consider the implications on your child's development. Um, this is not a scare scare tactic. This is just, you know, the reality of it. So please consult with your doctors and healthcare providers because it is so important that your child is getting appropriate levels of B12 for their neurological development. Um, the implications can be incredibly long-term and it's very concerning. So that's just a little shout out to those breastfeeding mamas um, and women, you know, who are wanting to be pregnant. I'm just, you know, really cautious about this one because I think 
there's so many other challenges we're going to have in our lifetime. We don't need to start the game with a B12 deficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, ladies, I think that we uh, have said the words B12 so many times in this episode now that, you know, when you say something over and over and it kind of loses its meaning and it gets confusing. Um, Oh, I I laughed too. I was like, we're talking about, you know, these things that have neurological implications and we've had so many seniors moments this episode. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. I know. Um, (laughs) So look, we're not totally losing the plot here, ladies. We're just, uh, you know, typical A-type personalities here. We're running a million miles an hour, multitasking, (laughs) doing too many things and you know we really want to get this out there this week because it's um, something that came across both of us went oh my god patience is telling us about b12 shots <gasps> we've never done an episode so yeah, yeah hopefully 120 yeah. something episodes and we haven't covered this yet Such so, a relevant one. so hopefully yeah. you've learned a lot today and uh, of course as always we're always here to talk and, and chat so get in touch Yes, and if you do have any issues with actually getting your B12 status tested, please let us know because we may be able to help. Uh, so, ladies, and I'm just going to give a little sh- shout out to Dinner Twist now uh, because it's one of the reasons why I love Dinner Twist so much. And in their wholesome boxes, always um, do they have amazing versions of red meat and seafood always. So, you're going to be getting your amazing um, you know, B12 just from that. Um, and they've just come out as well with a grass-fed, grass-finished um, red meat. Oh, sorry about Tiaki in the background there. It wouldn't be an episode of Wellness Room Radio without my dogs. <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you again to Dinner Twist who is sponsoring this podcast. All right, ladies, we would love to hear from you. Do, did any of those symptoms that we listed before tick any boxes for you? Are you having any senior moments like what we are, uh, which is certainly prompting me to just recheck my B12 levels just in case? Um, we would love to hear from you. So communicate with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women or on Instagram at The Wellness women official make sure you've subscribed to us on itunes or whatever uh podcast medium that you are using give us a five-star rating because we love that Um, and ladies until next week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.